Hey folks, thanks for joining me for this episode from Embellish Pod, an opportunity for me to ramble about whiskey or something for a few minutes. If you got here by chance, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. Hopefully I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists. And if you can't find me on a platform, send me an email at embellishpod at gmail.com and I'll try to get that taken care of. You can also find video versions of this podcast on YouTube. You can find all of my links on Instagram at embellishpod or TikTok with the same handle. I have a website. It is www.embellishpod.com. It's also a place to pick up these links, episode details, and more. Uh, today, I'm going to have Amin from Old Louisville Whiskey Company uh, joining me. I uh, had an opportunity to taste their spirits at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, and I immediately knew I wanted to have a conversation with them about what they have going on. And they're a pretty small uh, and very new brand, but I think it's probably one that everybody should be paying attention to. Today, I'm joined by Amin from Old Louisville, uh, Old Louisville, Louisville, however you want to pronounce it. Um, and I'm going to want to give you an opportunity to kind of introduce the the brand. But um, I've seen you guys on shelves a number of times and I got an opportunity at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival um, to taste one of your offerings. And um, I like using Kentucky Bourbon Festival as a place to pick up, you know, who I want to talk to over the next year because uh, I think they're doing interesting things or that they've got great whiskey or an interesting story or whatever. And so um, you guys kind of made that list and I reached out and you guys thankfully said yes. Yeah. So uh, I know a little bit about Old Louisville, but I want to give you an opportunity to kind of who is Old Louisville and what are you guys about? Yeah. So uh, Old Louisville is a very small, small brand. Uh, started as a, you know, very small project almost eight years ago. Uh, I left my corporate job uh, as an engineer and I bought a liquor store. And... Uh, learned a lot more about whiskey, bourbon, run and liquor store, retail, and I decided to do my own brand. So I decided to start my my brand and my liquor store used to be in Old Louisville. So I learned everything I know about bourbon in Old Louisville. And luckily enough, I was able to uh, use that name as a whiskey or bourbon company. So that's pretty much it. The, the 30,000 feet view of our brand. So, okay. So what, um, you know, you, you, you owned a liquor store, you were an engineer and you decided that you wanted to open up a liquor store um, of all of the spirits that were sitting on your shelf. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's easy to say, Oh, bourbon because you're in Louisville, but like what, what made that the decision for you? Like, all right, I'm, I'm going to, to launch a bourbon brand. Yeah. So I lived in Louisville for 20 years. I didn't uh, just move here. So I've always been around bourbon. Bourbon has always been the drink of choice. Uh, now, if you have a good spirit out there, I'll, I'll definitely sit down and enjoy it and drink it with you. Like I'm a big fan of Armagnac. I'm a big fan of good uh, rum agricole. So you put a good spirit in front of me, I'll, I'll drink it. But obviously, because I lived here for 20 years, I in Louisville, Kentucky, and this is the hub, you know, between Louisville and Barstown is basically the entire bourbon industry. And it's also a business that's booming right now, right? Everybody wants some good bourbon. So I decided to do a bourbon, uh, but hint the name, it's Old Louisville Whiskey Company. So we're going to produce and we're, we already produced some rye whiskey. We produce some sour mash, straight whiskey. They're doing our finishes with it so 
bourbon is definitely the the flagship, but we we are creating some really interesting and uh, quality whiskeys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I see you guys. I, I I did note that you had you know bourbon rye, American whiskey, uh, maple finish. You're doing single barrels. Um, and I th- did you mention that you guys were doing wine finishes, or did I imagine that in my brain? No, the, you're right. We're doing okay. a Madeira Madeira cask finish. And uh, I think uh, by the end of the year, we're going to throw some eight and a half year whiskey into PX, Pedro Jimenez wine from Spain. So we're going to play with a lot of finishes. Most of the finishes we will do, uh, if not all of them, will be straight whiskey, not straight bourbon. So we don't mm-hmm. we don't bottle anything younger than seven years. So majority of bourbon, because they're Asian brand new barrels and the standards, that the bourbon's carry, we doesn't need to be finished uh, past the seven or eight year mark. So most of our finish is going to be in the straight whiskey with straight whiskey barrels. So, mm-hmm. so and, and that is, I think that's one of the more interesting points, at least for, for y'all's brand is that you're not looking for anything under the age of seven. Um, as a part of this, I, how, how do you do you feel uncomfortable in being able to source seven year whiskey on a regular basis? Because, you know, there's a ton of brands out there that are trying to snatch up whiskey every day of the week. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it's tougher and tougher to get older stocks. Does yeah. that make that does that make that scarier for a brand or are you just willing to wait? We're willing to wait. Uh, we started buying barrels 2016. And we didn't launch a brand until last year because we were waiting patiently to have enough inventory that it's seven and older. So under our brand, you'll never see anything younger. So we do have a tasting room here and expression uh, experience center. And we do have some barrels that we're tasting are six and a half years. So, and we allow people to bottle their own. So if they decide to buy a six and a half year bourbon or whiskey in a in the tasting that's on them but typically if we're batching specifically bourbon it's always seven and older so, mm-hmm. so you said you, you have a bottle of your own experience there is that a thing that you got to book like way in advance i know there's several places that do that and you usually have to like you know you got to sign over your firstborn child and yeah. plan six months in advance to be able to get access to that is it something that you guys do just every day or is there a cycle yeah, we, for it? we do it every day but we're very small the brand is very small and very new so not a lot of people heard about it so mm-hmm. uh typically within 24 hours you can book our tour come do tasting it's 50 dollars per person you taste six different barrels anywhere from six and a half to ten year old barrels depends where we have laid in the tasting room that day it doesn't change every day but every few weeks we change uh, the barrels and we're going through them as well tasting at the same time so but typically six and a half to ten year old barrels you can taste and then if you decide to buy anything you can thief it directly from the barrel and take it home with you those are always fun experiences I've, I've i've had an opportunity to do that a couple of times at different places um but I think that's a that's a thing that as people kind of get more known about the brand and know that that is an option for them, uh, that may be a thing that starts to to eat you alive a little bit because people love love doing that, um, yeah. as evidenced by other people's sort of success for that. Um, what so 
you guys are are relatively new. You know, you said you started in 2016, but you didn't really start pushing anything out until about the last year. Um, you're running up on batch three of your bourbon, I think, if that's correct. Um, yeah, I'm on. I'm in the process of blending batch three right now, <laughs> so not huge production uh, between batch one, batch two is only four thousand bottles, so very very <laughs> small production relatively to everything else out there, and then batch three most likely is going to be 1500 bottle or less. So very, very small quantity. So, so what is, what is, I mean, and, and I imagine you have this, but what does success look like for old Louisville over the next, you know, one, two, three, five years or whatever? Cause you know, you are, you are new, but you've got some age stock and you've got a, a plan. Obviously it feels like, um, what do you think success looks like for you guys? Oh, uh, that's a loaded question. Uh, it depends how you uh, how you define success, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is it financial success? Is it brand uh, recognition success? So really, you need to narrow it down a little bit for me, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you. Well, I mean, I guess like if you started the brand, um, you know, in 2016, and you launched bottles out last year. Um, what is the most key indicator for you? Is it financial? Is it brand recognition? Is it um, widespread distribution? Like if you had to pick one stat that you're like, that's the thing we want to conquer. What is yeah. it? Uh, I mean, besides brand recognition, right? Uh, the, the distribution and the number of the volume that kind of like they're, they're tied together. The more mm -hmm. distribution you're going to get, the more volume you're going to move and bottle and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, to make it easier, I think success is, is a combination I would say is, uh, continue to put quality, grow the brand and also have majority of positive feedback from whether it's consumers, professionals, uh, judges, you name it. Right. So I think it's a combination uh, of growth and name recognition for quality. I think that will be uh, that will sum it up for me. So. Okay. So um, you guys, so we're, we're talking about distribution a little bit. If if I, as a consumer in Western Kentucky, want to get a bottle of, of Old Louisville, um, you know. I do know that there's a retailer near me that has it, but aside from that, what are my options to, to be able to purchase a bottle from you guys? Yeah. So, uh, so far we're mainly a Kentucky brand. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a little bit of distribution in Tennessee, but those, whatever we send out, uh, it's pretty much gone. It's sold out. We send two single barrels, in a very, very few bottles of, uh, or few cases of our 16 year whiskey. So those kind of hit the Tennessee market and they're gone. And then we're also in Alaska. And that's about it as far as state distribution in US. Uh, Tennessee is kind of like a neighboring state. It's a whiskey state. Uh, it's, uh, we wanted to go there and it took us a, forever to find the right fit, right distributor to get us or to be willing to distribute our brand. And then they were very picky what they have choose. And I kind of don't blame them because there's a lot of brands out there right now. 
Mm-hmm. So in Alaska, it was a very uh, organic, you know, word to mouth distributor reach out to us and they're like, we we heard about your brand. Can you send us some samples? And we did, and they liked the product and they placed an order. And mm-hmm. then now other states going to be just time and is it, you know, do we find the right distributor to fit our needs? Uh, and also help them with their growth and their profitability or not. And then there's plenty of states, right? Some states are whiskey drinkers and some other states are not really, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But as far as distribution right now, pretty much all you can get is Kentucky right now because the stuff we send in Tennessee and they, they place in another order. Hopefully we have more stuff in Tennessee shelves. But Kentucky is the only place where you can actually find in the majority or not majority, but we're talking about 500 accounts, whether it's a bar, mm-hmm. restaurant or retailer. So, yeah. And so in, in Tennessee, are you pretty widespread? Are you localized around a, a couple of metropolitan centers, you know, like a Nashville, Memphis, Knoxville thing or? Yeah. Um, my guess is very, very limited to metropolitan. Uh, okay. I don't have the data in front of me. We know okay. each account that bought our product, but typically you're going to see it in the Memphis, you know, Knoxville, Nashville, suburbs, you know, big stores, some good independent stores that carry a lot of good selection mm-hmm. of whiskey. So, yeah, there's a lot of great selection. I'm, I'm, I'm only a couple of hours from Nashville where I'm at right now. And, um, there's, it, it, that's where I have to fly out of if I want an international airport. And so it's always, you know, stop at a liquor store while I'm in Nashville because there's yeah. going to be um, some good bottles floating around down there. Um, so you guys are on, you know, you're, you're currently blending batch three. So that means you have a batch one, you have a batch two, you have a batch one of rye. Um, at least with the bourbons, are you trying to create a, not necessarily standard, but more common profile from batches or are each batch going to be like a vintage where like, this is this batch and this is this one. And we're just trying to make them taste good. So we are not definitely, we're not going for consistency. So each Mm -hmm. batch is going to be different. It could be mash bill could be the age, could be a combination of both. Uh, So no, we're definitely not going for consistency because first of all, we don't want to be consistent. It's kind of like going to your McDonald's versus going to your Mm -hmm. local restaurant that uses, uh, fresh ingredients every day, right? Mm-hmm. Every season is different. You don't have tomato 12, 12 months a year. So basically is what we have available that we think they're good to be bottled. And we're going to play with a blend and put it out there. It could be a combination of Asian mash bill. It could be the same mash bill, different ages. And that's how we probably continue to produce our batches. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you guys, you said earlier that you guys are going to continue to do finishes. Um, how do you go about identifying the finish that you want to do next? You know, cause, cause you know, your, your, your PX is a pretty known finish and they're fantastic. And Madeira is a known finish and it's pretty fantastic, but we're in this world of a glut of different types of finishes that exist. And some of them are gimmicky and some of them are great. Or, and, and even some of the gimmicky ones are good, but like, how yeah. do you identify what you want to do as far as a finish is concerned? So I honestly, I resisted to do finishes, mm-hmm. uh, but the demand for finished goods are, are pretty high. You cannot ignore it. I mean, at the end of the day, we're 
we're in business to make money. Mm-hmm. So the key for me is first to start with a good base, really good whiskey, because if you look at finishes and understand whiskey finishes, specifically bourbon, because we age the whiskey in the brand new barrels. Uh, typically, when you hit certain age statement, if you start with quality distillate, it, the whiskey, the bourbon does not need to be finished, right? Mm-hmm. So with our finishes, we decided to pick a good whiskey, not bourbon, that's actually nice and mellow, very easy to drink. And then when you do the second maturation, you can actually elevate that whiskey with new complexity and new layer of flavor. With bourbon, when it hits seven to eight here, it's really hard to finish it. First, makes no sense to finish it because if you put delicate cognac or delicate brandy cask finish or to try to extract that with a very high rye percentage, like 21% rye, or 36% rye bourbon that's already hit that seven year, eight year mark, you're really not gaining anything. So start with a good finish or good base whiskey, which is in my in my case, I'm choosing to go with a mellow whiskey, not bourbon. And then the finish is it's gonna be experimental for us because we're fairly new to this business. Uh, I mean, there is data and there is knowledge and there is tasting and there's other product out there. You can base your uh, finishes and be like, all right, I want to be this or hit this certain finish or anything. Right. So there's some finishes that make sense and some finishes don't make sense. So we're hoping to create some very delicate finishes, very balanced that we've taken a whiskey that could be elevated by a finish, not just a marketing name it's all right we finish it in this we're finishing that so hopefully that answer your question oh yeah absolutely um and and it's it's encouraging and you know i'm i'm, I'm sort of with you you know the the finishing f- phase can be a little bit fatiguing because a lot of people are doing a lot of different stuff and um it's a really good way to to hide imperfections in whiskey um but then there's this next level of finishing that takes a great whiskey and can elevate it even higher. Right. And so yeah. using quality ingredients like the, the PX that you're looking after, you know, good Madeira, like if the source spirit in one barrel was good and then you put your whiskey in it, it's probably yeah. going to be okay. Um, and you know, if you're using higher age stated stuff, then you're obviously wanting to make it better. You're not trying to hide young whiskey. Um, yeah. and you, you guys have put out a 16 year whiskey and you know, older whiskeys can be very polarizing because it gets oaky for a lot of people. Um, are you going to continue to try to pursue doing some of the older stock whiskeys like that? Or was that just a, it came available and you said, yeah, let's buy it. And sell yeah. it. So those barrels are one of the first barrels we purchased uh, back in 2016. Uh, we didn't release them. They could have been released <laughs> six years ago. Um, they're good. They're great whiskey. They're very high proof. They're very well balanced. There's great flavor in them. Uh, are we chasing a specific high age statement? Not necessarily. Um, as long as we have good quality whiskey, whether it's eight or 16, 
we would like to have it our under label and if we can source it great and if we can't then we'll wait so mm -hmm. and then your your rye batch one um which is sold mm -hmm. out so you know I, I can't it's not it's not a thing that i that we have access to but um, the mash bill on it is the thing that sort of caught me uh, as unique, right? Because you're a 51% rye, 49% malt. Um, yes. it, how did you get to that one, right? Because that's there's not a ton of those out on the market. Yeah. And it's I, I haven't had a chance to try that one. I got to try one of your your whiskeys at the festival, but that that seems super super interesting. Like how do you get how do you find this? So when I start sourcing barrels and digging into mash bills what makes a whiskey different and what's the different things or the ingredients that make really high quality high complex uh, i always say quality is i tie quality to complexity because if you don't have quality grains and distillation you don't have the finish you don't have the complexity of the whiskey so two of my favorite grains are actually rye and barley Mm -hmm. So if you combine those two, in my mind, you can create really, really good whiskey. And when I sourced those barrels, they were they were not available to try. Uh, there is no other brands that use that mash bill. Uh, so I bought them basically blind, crossing my fingers that those two grains I really like, they're going to produce something really good in a seven-year mark. And they mm -hmm. did. So that was the philosophy behind that first release of Rise. I bought those barrels when they were a year or two years old, and I had no idea what they're gonna taste like when they hit seven. But they they're they're great whiskey. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I imagine I imagine that's that's pretty fantastic. And um, have so we're getting close on time here, and so I want to be aware of that. Um, you you also have a maple finish. Um, what mm -hmm. drew you to a maple finish? Um, my used barrel broker reached out to me and said there is some maple finish because I was seeking some uh, white French oak or something. I was looking for used barrels coming from Europe. And uh, the broker said, I don't have any of those right now at the moment, but I do have a maple syrup cask. And I'm like, I never heard of that. Like, what's maple syrup cask? So they explained to me that this farmer in Ohio takes freshly dumped bourbon barrels, fill them with maple syrup to extract the bourbon left in the oak, and then they sell their maple syrup finishing bourbon barrels. And once they're empty, I guess they're desirable for a finish. And honestly, I was like, I was never really thinking about that but we'll take handful of barrels and do a finish mm -hmm. and with, that's exactly what we did and it's one of one of the favorite tasting uh barrels right now in our experience center mm -hmm. like literally everybody that tasted were like oh my god i want a bottle of that and for first couple months we had it on the tasting we didn't have a label so we couldn't sell it and i'm like oh my god what's going on here like we just tasted high malt 10 year old bourbon at least in my experience they're they're sweet enough that if, if this is the fourth or fifth thing that you taste it's still going to stand out right because you know yeah. after about five or six whiskeys your palate starts to get a little fatigued but you throw something sweet and sticky like that at people and it's like 
it tastes like a, a like a sticky bun or a honey bun or something yeah. like that because so, it's got the breadiness of the whiskey and and then here comes the maple or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you've you've got about a minute left before you need to to go take care of 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 dad yeah. duties. We can um, we can stretch it to another five minutes, and uh, as long as we uh, we're done by six fifty, we're good. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you have a you have you have an experience there. How, how do I book an experience? Do do I go to your website and where are you located in Louisville? So we're located in an industrial park of uh, 264. 264 is the loop that goes around Louisville. So you go to our website, pick a day, pick a time. We typically have it open between 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. So you can pick any of that time and book a tour unless that hour, for whatever reason, completely booked. We're typically available to do the tour and tasting. So, and I noticed on the website you also have the ability to shop. I assume I could go on here and I could purchase something, and then I could pick it up in in your your um, store. So, with the online shop, we're allowed to ship within Kentucky. Okay, we have direct shipper license. Uh, we we're allowed to ship to other states, but it makes no sense for us to go apply for a license pay for it when we don't have a customer base but mm -hmm. in kentucky you can definitely go online anything we have in the online shop you can get it pretty much the next day or the following day uh via the online store so and then you also have a single barrel program and you know a lot of distilleries will run the single barrel program where they go out and they pick who's going to allow to pick but i think you guys are framed where if someone is interested in doing a pick they can reach out to you and say hey i would like to to pick my own barrel and, and have it bottled up is am i reading this right or is that is that how this yeah works? that's correct so we have individuals that bought barrels from us uh run it through their favorite retailer or whatever and then we had stores. We have a local store that bought a barrel. We have a couple stores in Tennessee that bought uh, barrels. One already bought it and sold it. And actually this morning we had a store called Cheers Wine and Spirit out of, out, uh, I want to say Memphis, suburb of Memphis. They picked a barrel today and hopefully they will get it uh, in their hands before the holidays. So. Oh, wow, that's that's a pretty fast turnaround. I know a lot of times yeah. people will do a pick and they don't see their bottles for six months or more after. Yeah. after well, that we're occurred. very small and unknown, mm -hmm. so it's a you know it's a blessing and a curse. Right, right. Um, so I guess uh, is there anything that you're working on batch three? Do you have? a timeline on when this is going to be available for purchase because I do have quite a few folks in the state of Kentucky that do listen. And so uh, they may not be in Louisville proper, but if you can ship to them in Kentucky, then the, there yeah. might be some interest in picking that so up. So we are hoping to get this batch uh, first week of November to mm -hmm. our distributor. Uh, they're pretty quick on selling it and getting out uh, the product to retailers and bars. Mm -hmm. So I think if any retailer out there is interested in to carry our batch three, it will be available within before Thanksgiving. Okay, that's for sure. So the the plan is to dump it next week, bottle it, get it out to a distributor. Next few weeks will be out in stores and restaurants and bars. So. And is that is that the cycle time that you're sort of looking for? Is you want to do you know a batch every three or four months, or are you trying to to 
stretch it out further? Like what's the, what's the plan there? So we don't bottle anything and wait for an order. We, we bottle to order. Mm -hmm. So when our distributor in Kentucky is ready to take our next batch, we batch it for them. If we grow to new states and we have orders, we batch it. We do not bottle and wait for orders. So the barrels, the whiskey's getting better by, you know, sitting in a barrel. So if we don't have orders, we don't bottle it. Gotcha. All right. Um, so we're, we're right at the end of time. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or cover before you, uh, before you, before you dip out? No, as long as I mean, I covered all your questions. If you have more yeah. questions, ask, you know, uh, I'm walking to my car to go pick up my kids. So if you have more questions, we turn off the video and, uh, you can ask more questions. So. Yeah. No, I, I have, I have probably six or seven more questions, but we can, we can probably do this again sometime, you know, maybe in a, a couple months, whenever you're getting ready to hit batch four as well, we'll, we'll reconvene and ask some more questions. Um, All right. Well, sounds good. Thanks for tuning in for this offering from the Embellish podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave me a review on whatever platform you have to be consuming this on. Leave a comment if possible. Hit me up on social media at TikTok or Instagram using Embellish pod to give me a follow so you can keep up with what's going on here. I can be found at www.embellishpod.com with all of my links, accounts, and contact details. Thanks for stopping by.